Live is brought to you by TrueCar. Hey, we are live, dealers. Welcome to Auto Dealer Live. I'm your host, Dave Cribs, and today sitting in for Mr. David Villa is Mikey Akendo. Hey, guys. What's going on? Mikey Week Akendo. Week two of week, this. Week two. Yeah. No, Dave. I don't know what's going on. He's apparently out of town. Still in uh, He's actually out of country, but uh, yeah. he'll be back next week, and we've got a killer show lined up. But today, hey, we've got an awesome show lined up. We're going to be talking about really several different topics. We've got yeah. uh, uh, a, a great lineup of internet BDC superstars. That's right. We'll be talking a little bit about the separation between internet departments and sales departments, kind of the going back to a little bit of the old age old argument of, you know, pay plans, who should make more, that kind of thing. What is more difficult, you know, maybe setting the appointment versus selling the car. Uh, Ooh, those are a couple uh-oh. things that we'll touch on. No. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit controversial when you start uh you know, talking about that, but um, yeah. a lot of good things. But I noticed, uh, Michael couldn't help but notice that uh, this is also controversial, right? That is very <laughs> controversial. Um, it, what you have in your cup right now, and it's it's not an adult beverage. In fact, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say it's far from that. But um, I was a little bit surprised that when I came on the set, I saw your cup here, and I saw the smoke coming up, and I'm like, "Well, he got a coffee. That's cool." I don't really have a coffee and I'm a coffee drinker, but I look over, I'm a little jealous. I'm like, oh, there's some coffee. (laughs) And uh, I look and it's, it's water. It's just like plain water, like hot water, hot water. Yeah. Hot water. And I'm like, delicious. are you going to like put the tea in there (laughs) or the coffee? What's going on here? You're waiting for me to like pull a tea bag out of my jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like Mm -hmm. great pasta and spaghetti, but without the pasta or spaghetti, it's just hot water. Just marinara sauce. That's it. I mean, I don't get it. Is that it. what you use so, with spaghetti? Is so it? Lou says, uh, you know, Lou says it just <laughs> it, it warms you up. Yeah, it's just nice. I don't know. It's just a, it's a nice sensation. It's like the no the, sugar, right? No it. salt. Oh, that would be nasty. Sugar water. I, I will say <laughs> not as much as salt water. <laughs> I will yeah, say yeah. that I've known Mikey probably I don't know three years. Yeah. And this is something that it's not like he just started doing this. Since I've known Mikey, he walks around with a coffee mug with hot water yeah i have never noticed i mean i was here for several years you know regularly and uh, almost every day well pretty much every day yeah yeah. and uh you were uh i I never noticed that you were a (laughs) hot water lover but that is important for everyone watching to know because they're probably going to be thinking i'm weird it's not like a part of some diet or anything like that it has nothing there's no strategy to it there's no rhyme or reason it's just something i enjoy so So, that's that's interesting yeah so uh So when, when when they say you're in hot water, it doesn't really mean much. No, it's it's like that's perfect for me. Okay, that's perfect. like saying perfect. I'm in paradise. Well, hey, hey, I so- feel like somebody in the comments <laughs> has to have something more weird than that, and they should definitely share it so I don't have to feel like I'm the weird person because now we set this whole thing up to make me into the weirdo. Yeah, you know? if you have something that's a little odd, go ahead and make it a make it a comment on our Facebook page. And we'll speaking of comments, you know, we'll, we'll we will do our best to go through and pick out some of the comments during the show. It's actually your opportunity to engage with the superstar guests. You know, we, you know the, the cool thing, and we say this a lot, I know, but I can't help it. Every time I walk in and we have this list of guests and we see <laughs> the roles that they're in across the yeah, country, it's, cool. kind of, it's kind of amazing because week in and week out, I don't know if, uh, if, if, if you as the audience recognize the power of the guests that we have on. It's amazing. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, well, maybe, maybe we... Um, Undersell it, maybe? Yeah, 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 I think so, because we're talking about people who are leading the industry from different places, geographical areas all over the country. It's amazing mm-hmm. to have. Today, we've got Josh Mitchell, BDC Director at Paul Miller Ford. We've got Joe Ingram, CEO at Ingram Intera- Interactive. We've got Scott Petricone, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at BDC Bandits. We also have the CEO of BDC Bandits, uh, John Nevins, and uh, we've got Jared Gype, trusted vehicle advisor at Cool Toyota. And by the way, I'm gonna. Ha- I saw something about uh, Jared Gype. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was What's checking that? him out. Well, I, you know, I, I try to go and look and yeah. see if it's a new guest. I try to learn as much as I can about him. So sure. I, I don't think that Jared's been on the show before. Uh-huh. And I and I go on his Facebook page, and it's like. Jared Gipe, you can't gripe if you don't buy from Gipe. You know, it's like uh, yeah. it was kind of cool. So we'll tease him a little bit about that oh, or find out more that? about it. Yeah, it I says thought that it on, was a crib special. I no, 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 no. It, it actually says okay. it might not be verbatim, but it says basically that on his uh, Facebook page, which is kind of right. cool. It does get your attention, and yeah. it's a great branding tool. And and uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that on yeah. the show today. But uh, but you know, we uh, kind of going into the show, uh, Mike. You know, yeah. I, I, I shared with you earlier that. You know, there was a post on Facebook in one of the big groups, and it was talking about, you know, is the fun 
kind of gone from the car business. Right. You know, and, and I think probably the person who quote, who posed the question and maybe some that had responded, mm-hmm. um, as I read through them, the comments, cause there were just a ton of comments on that topic. Um, I kind of got the feeling that a lot of people were burnt out, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not a, that's not a hard thing to do in sales. And it's certainly not sure. a hard thing to do, uh, in a dealership. Right. And, and uh, so that started, you know, posing other questions about how and why that happens. Is it just because you're doing the same grind every day? Right. Or, or is it, you know, more of a, hey, um, I, I feel like I'm missing out on an opportunity. The grass is always greener at the dealership down the street. Sure. Different opportunities, outside forces, you know, manufacturers, uh, that sort of thing as well. Uh, yeah. There, and there's always something that when you start getting into the, you know, either the burnout syndrome or the, hey, the fun is leaving the car business. And, and we start talking about, oh, we can't steal the trades anymore. We can't. Uh, you know, uh, the manufacturer controlling our profits, there's this Mm -hmm. and there's that. And there's always this list of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And I shared with you back in the day when I, when I was a brand new salesperson about a million years ago, (laughs) I walked out onto the, uh, to the, to the point, uh, which is, you know, the the outside of the the front, uh, showroom of the dealership. Mm -hmm. And we had this brand new van that had been redesigned and, uh, it's just going back a a long ways. But I remember walking up to the van and I read the sticker on it. It was the first time we saw him and I read the sticker. I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) $16,000, right? Is this crazy or what? I mean, it was loaded to the hilt, but, um, I was like, I couldn't believe that it was a vehicle, a van that would cost $16,000. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember this older salesperson, older than me, even Mikey, (laughs) um, he looked over at me and he's like, oh, hell, son, I was going to quit when, when the cars hit four grand. <laughs> and, and, and it did, right. you know, I never forgot that. And the reason I didn't is because it kind of put everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you were it's looking like, at the bigger picture. Yeah. But. It's like, you know, when you say it like that, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Hey, there's always going to be something we can point to as a reason or an excuse or something that is a deficit or a handicap. Right. But the reality is here we are today. We have dealers all over the country that are averaging two, three grand, uh, a copy, which means they're making money one way or another. They're still making money. There's still huge opportunity (laughs) out there. So I think, um, uh, you know, oftentimes when we, we start reading these posts, it's more about that the, uh, whoever is, is, is maybe in that frame of mind. It's more of that. I think that they're just not satisfied. Sure. And, and you kind of have to get to the root of that in order to get back into, you know, actually having a, a positive attitude and some people make changes and, and it mm-hmm. works out. A lot of them make changes, Mikey, and it doesn't work out so well. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that one of the things that we can do, which is what we're planning to do with the guests today is we can really try to not just get at the heart of some of these matters, but then talk about, um, different ways to just be creative and think outside of the box and, and, and reinvigorate, um, in ways that maybe we haven't thought of yet. And yeah, and I think it's going to really hit home here because it, on today's show we have a lot of uh, a lot of people who are in the role of helping those, who, and especially on the internet side, um, you know, have that. I would imagine that it's very challenging to um, have an internet department and keep them motivated, keep them yes. thinking that things are feeling like things are fresh and there's, you know, there's excitement and just things like that when you have to maybe go through such a long list of calls, emails, video sure. emails, things like that. But how do you keep that fire lit under you and how do you do it with a team? We're going to be talking mm. to some experts on that in just a moment. Um, before we go to our commercial break and bring on our panel, we also want to share that if you like and share the show, you're automatically in the hunt. You're in the hunt. Uh, Boom. For a couple of prizes, we're going to give away uh, David Villa's brand new book, Grind. The right. uh, Can you read that off for me, Get sir? Get ready, it's a new day. Get ready, right? it's a new day. Is Get like, ready, it's a new day, Grind. Is that an acronym? or, or It is, uh, is it is, <laughs> it is, it's acronym. And uh, lead or be lunch, lead mm. or be lunch. Mm. Hey, um, not only a best-selling author, Dave Villa, and host of Auto Dealer Live, but uh, obviously an industry leader, not only in automotive, um, but a national speaker, yeah. um, you know, I could go on and on about Dave's accomplishments. I know that most of the viewers know who Dave is, but what an amazing opportunity to be able to, uh, take away, uh, from Dave's experience and what he's been accomplished and, uh, and, and just dive into it and, and apply it. So let's go to a, a quick break. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to be right back with our panel of experts from all over the country. You're watching auto dealer live. Hey, welcome back, dealers. Welcome. You're watching Auto Dealer Live, and today we have an amazing panel of guests. We've got Josh Mitchell, Joe Ingram, Scott Petricone, 
um, John, Ble- is it Blevins? Nevins. Nevins. Sorry about that, John. John Nevins. <laughs> and we've got Jared Guype. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so yeah, so, you know, I've, I, obviously we have a lot of... Uh, of you that are direct have been directors or are directors or training uh, internet and BDC departments. So I want to get into a little bit of, of that and get some perspective here uh, for dealers out there that are watching around the country. So I'm going to go to Josh Mitchell first. And, you know, the first question I have is kind of like, um, you know, what does a dealer look for? What do you look at for qualifications to become an internet or BDC manager? Is that something that you need to start kind of at the bottom and in the internet department and work your way up? Or is that someone that comes in maybe from a sales manager position or another position and kind of takes over, understands other dynamics of dealership and how, you know, and how to pull that together and lead a team? Josh, tell us what you look for, what it takes, or how you arrived at a point where you were qualified to be an internet and BDC director. Uh, started from the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> You know, I started um, as a as a salesman and, and moved up the ranks, went into the Internet department as just a, a BDC rep and then um, got promoted as Internet sales manager. And now I'm the BDC director. Um, but I think you really look at it, it really depends on the size of your dealership and, and what you're really overall trying to accomplish. I think you need to look at, you know, Somebody who's selling cars that that has done really well with with handling internet leads and handling phone calls, maybe moves up into the internet department, or maybe you already have an internet department person that is has got that drive, has got that leadership quality about them that you can push them towards um, managing the department. But you know, I think you know with, if it's a large group, I think you have to look at at you know established BDC directors that have been able to handle. Uh, larger groups and even general managers. Um, if you're looking at, at a group that's had 40, 50, 60, 70 dealerships that you're doing a centralized BDC, um, you know, I've heard even that, that they've been looking at general managers to kind of run that, which I think is a, a somewhat of a big mistake, but um, it really depends on the general manager and, and how he's come about uh, to get to that position. Well, what you say it's a But for me, I mean, I. I Go ahead. Josh, you, you just you just said something that really caught my attention. You said they're looking at maybe general uh-huh. you said you said something that really caught my attention, which is that you know, you said that there's some dealers looking at general managers for this position and then you said you think that's a mistake. Elaborate a little bit more on that. Um, you know, I think with you know, a lot of you know, when you're looking at a guy who you know, if you're at a general manager position, you've got fifteen, twenty, thirty years of experience in this business. And I think it's a rare um, person that is going to be able to go into something like a BDC and run it because there's going to be some old school tactics that are going to come out of their ugly little little place that you're going to try to implement on something that is changing so rapidly that I think that overall um, for that type of position, I think you're going to end up pushing yourself back and having a lot of problems because it's a different mindset. In my opinion, when you're looking at a, at a GM trying to go into that role, well, I'm curious as to why a GM would want to go into that role, but we'll get back to that in a moment. Let's go to Joe Ingram, CEO yeah. at uh, Ingram Interactive, and uh, and Joe, you know, Josh just mentioned he came up through sales, wound up going into internet department, he eventually became a BDC internet director. But um, how important, or do you think it is important that? someone who becomes an internet director has experience outside of the internet department in the other areas of the dealership? Uh, great question. So um, myself, I didn't. I came in straight from telemarketing sales and came and had to learn the car business. So I think it goes back to the, the normal philosophy of you hire for smile and then train the rest as long as you have the ability to train and, and put them through. But um, ideally, the internet director or BDC director needs to know how to structure a deal, needs to know how to take a customer through the process. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're just going to be a bottleneck that's at that appointment. I've seen too many people put a BDC director in that's just someone to manage people, and then they run to the sales desk all day long, and you no longer have the ability to generate business. Because yeah, yeah. It's, it's too dependent on everybody around it, but it should be somebody sales manager caliber 
at least that can go in and do that. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Mikey, Mikey, I think that you, you had someone made a comment earlier. Yeah, we noticed this. It was actually pretty interesting. And uh, Jared, I wanted to go to you on this and see what you think and then go back to Josh as well. Um, so, Jared, we had someone do a live stream. It was Jason Gerdner, actually. And he, uh, in the live stream, he said, um, you know, is it easier to set the appointment or is it more difficult to set the appointment than it is to actually sell the car itself in today's world, in today's dealership? And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So uh, what do you think? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. And I'm excited to uh, be on the first show. Um, what I would say is I feel like almost if, if you get them in, it's almost easier to sell the car because, you know, BDC and, and everything's online now. And obviously everyone's doing their research. As we all know, we all know the statistics that everyone's doing their hour eight hours of research and then they may visit two dealerships at most so mm -hmm. now it becomes the role of getting them actually to come in and get the opportunity to present the vehicle and, and sell them a car so i almost feel like when you do have them in as a salesperson you, i mean you you know that you're on something because they they're not going to too many dealerships anymore and there's a good chance that it's going to be a sale especially if it's a bdc lead Sure. And they, they come in for an appointment and you lock them in. I mean, there's a very good likelihood that they're going to be ending up buying a car from you. So I, mm. I feel setting the appointment is just so important nowadays. And, and I would say that's selling the car is almost easier at times. Mm. You know, I, I find that a little interesting because I would have thought you would have said the opposite, being a salesperson, you know, on the floor that's taking that, that scheduled appointment. But uh, real quick, Jared, while we still have you, you know, does do you feel like it puts more pressure on you when an appointment is set by the internet department versus maybe one that you're pulling into the dealership? I I feel like uh, when you do have an appointment, you know, it does put pressure on you. You know, you know that they've obviously done their research, and there's a reason why they're coming in for this for this vehicle, or you know, maybe you spoke with them prior and you and you got them in, and you know that. You know, there's a, there's a reason that they're coming in, so you're you're gonna. There's a lot of pressure that comes up with that, but I I feel like you know it's just game time when they come in, and you really you just follow the the, the steps of the sale and usually leads to something. So I I feel like the the phone and the internet is so important now because if you have good skills with that and you're able to create relationships or at least create some interest and get them in it's so much easier to sell them a car eventually. That's why BDC is just such a big thing nowadays. I mean, that's why I use video email. You know, you see salespeople using branding. You know, we're trying everything we can to differentiate ourselves mm -hmm. so that we give an awesome experience for that customer because they can buy a car anywhere. But if they buy from me, they're going to have the best experience possible. And then that's what really it's up to you when you get that appointment you've got to create that awesome experience not just you know try and sell my car like everyone else will yeah i mean you, you you can't you can't gripe if you bought a car from guy right so <laughs> love that um so that's right <laughs> so so here's the thing you know that it, it kind of really makes me think mikey mikey you're you're a marketing director mm -hmm. and you know you know so Essentially, what's happening on the internet department, like uh, like Jared just referenced, is you know they're getting the first opportunity. They're the first touch with the right. customer, right? They were, mm -hmm. they're reaching out, or the customer's reaching in, yep. and they're talking with that internet department. And then there's a handoff that takes place, oftentimes, where now mm -hmm. the the appointment's set. You've got a salesman come in, but from a yep. marketing perspective, and I'll have you guys uh, on the panel uh, weigh in in just a moment. But if you'll give us just a moment, I'm going to ask Mikey. You yep. know, as a as a marketing director, mm -hmm. how important is it? the message that you're putting out as a marketer lines yeah. up with what happens when they actually walk into the store and someone else is in charge. Oh, I, w I mean, that could be the single most important thing that you could do from an overarching, like a business perspective. Yes. Um, you know, across all departments, just looking at it on a, on a macro level as a business, that could probably be, if not, I would say, the most important thing because what you're what you're setting yourself up for is failure if you like guaranteed failure if you put something out on social media on your website anywhere else online 
and then they come in and that experience is not exactly what they're expecting or it's not what they anticipated based on the perception that they got from what you shared online. Yeah, yeah, and I want to go on that note. I want to go to Scott uh, Petricone, uh, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at BDC Bandits, and we also have Joe Bevins, the CEO there, on the line as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with Scott and then let, uh, let, let John weigh in. Um, so, Scott, you just heard what we talked about. We're talking about that marketing message uh, or, or the message that the customer is receiving, whether it's online or when they call into the dealership or there's communication from the dealership to that client and, and how that needs to match up with the experience when they walk in the door and they maybe have a, an appointment set up with a salesperson that's taking over. How critical is it and how often do you see a difference in what a dealer is putting out versus what the salespeople are, are prepared for when that client walks in. Let's go to Scott. Yes, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I think it's very, very important to keep the same message that you're laying over the phone to the customer that you, when they get there, and I know like you mentioned, some uh, salespeople get nervous because of the internet appointment, they're expected to just sell it. You know, like they already chopped it, we're buying the car. They got to keep the customer experience the same when they get in there and make it a very good handoff. Maybe an early introduction from one of the managers and or the BDC manager introducing them and saying, "This is going to be your sales sales product specialist to help you." Yeah, and let's let's go to John uh, Bevins, a CEO. You know, I, I kind of want to expand on that question just a little bit. But how critical do you think it is for an internet department or someone that's handing off that lead or wherever that lead comes from? to also provide intel, is it just enough to have notes in a CRM or does there need to be a conversation? Hey, I got off the phone with Mrs. Smith. I know she's going to be in at four. She looked at this. Look, she mentioned a couple of things I think we could maybe key in on that are going to be important. Here's a couple of things that I would share with you. Talk about that for a moment, John. Is that needed? Is it necessary? Um, what does it look like in dealers? Hmm. Well, guys, I, I think you never want to be accused of being a dealership that's a bait-and-switch dealership, right, to use an old term. Uh, you, your marketing has to match what your sales team uh, is relaying to customers. But I think, you know, maybe, you know, the question you had earlier regarding what's more difficult, you know, the, the Internet sales department setting the appointment or the selling of the car, you know, you guys have seen the data. We know that 84% of all customers buy a car from the first dealer they visit. So we know that if you get them in the store, they're likely to buy a car from you. You have a good shot at them. The hardest part of the job, though, is getting them in the store. And, and that's why, you know, Joe, I've watched Joe's video. Joe Ingram does a tremendous job coaching and teaching BDC reps and building BDC departments. And, you know, that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. And it's so important. But I will tell you guys that I think some of it is being missed here. And what's being missed is that. What's more important than your BBC rep being paid on the phone and then the language they use and overcoming objections, what's more important is being able to get in contact with the person. And I think when you look at BDC departments or you look at sales teams, you know, there's really three models that exist right now in the car business in terms of working leads, right? If you're a small store, you round robin your leads to your sales guys. You don't have a BDC department. If you're a little bit bigger store, you have an internet manager working your leads and, and you know, they work really hard. They're working long days. If you're a bigger store, you have a full-blown BDC department. Well, it's really about how do you work those leads? Are you trying them at all different times of the day on different days of the week? Are you using local presence dialing? Are you increasing your contact rate? Because if you get them on the phone, whether it's either on the phone or it's through a text message or an email message, now you've got a great chance of converting that person into a sale. But I think the real struggles with dealerships today are it's the change. It's okay, we got a new lead that came in. We called, we got voicemail, because we know 87% of all calls are voicemail, right? 13% of somebody answers the phone. So we got voicemail. Okay, well, now what do we do now? How many times do we call them? When do we call them? So I think the real challenge that dealers face today is it's that it's the contact ratio can we get our contact ratio because we can get our contact ratio up we can sell cars because the sales guys are great it's really about getting them in the store hmm. hey we actually just had a comment come in on facebook from tony washington uh and thanks for that tony had a couple of great ones wanted to hit on this one and wanted to go to josh mitchell so josh tell me what you think about this tony says we should set the stage as sales professionals and marketers 
It should be is an informational and experience-driven uh, content marketing leads uh, to informed customers that trust your process. So I know you have a lot of experience on the BDC side, Josh, especially with the management. Why don't you talk for a second about when it comes to the BDC, you know, is that a part of your marketing? And when it comes to being informational and having a content-driven experience, how can that be really tied into that? And, and, and what, what is your experience with that or your opinion on that? Oh, I, I'm huge on it being an informational center and, and building that experience first out at the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of dealerships miss the point because they don't want to give any information away. And they want the sales managers to talk about price, and they don't want the BDC managers, the BDC directors involved in, in like, hey, penciling a deal for a BDC rep. They want everything to go through them, which is where the breakdown comes in. But I think it is our job to set that stage for our sales department to make make the deal and make it easier for the transaction to go. I think another hiccup that we have and one of the problems on the sales side is that, you know, a BDC rep may have the the, the customer on step five to the road to the sale and we're starting, you know, all over the process all over again, which the customer then gets frustrated. And then we have times where customers are in the dealership for three to four hours because we haven't sped that up. We have still continued to go down that path. And so, but it's critical that we provide information as quick and as, as efficient as possible because that customer, if they're not, if you're asking questions about your trade, and I get it, there's ways of getting around that. But when it comes down to the point where the customer wants that information and you're the dealership that doesn't want to give it, you walk. Because if you think that if a customer is going down the path of getting a credit application and, and they want to know the interest rate, and then you get the famous thing that I hate, and, and a finance manager goes, if I give him the interest rate, he's going to shop me. Well, no way. That's what he's doing already. <laughs> if you don't give, him, give it to him, you have no shot in, in the world of getting his business. Because regardless if you think you're being squirrely or if you're being um, a little bit, you know, you're, you're hiding information is regardless if you think that you're not doing that, you're doing that. And so your customer is going to go with the next person. And that next person, that next dealership may not have the lowest interest rate, but they were willing to give the information. And so then you end up being the guy who's sitting there wondering why that customer never came back to you and why you've left nine messages and why he, he now opted out of text messages it's because you wouldn't provide the information up front and someone would. Okay, let, let, I tell you what, I'm going to go to Joe Ingram on this question because you brought up a, several things, Josh, that just got my head spinning. You know, when you talked about, you know, no, 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 it's great, it's great. I'm glad you did, but you talked about, you talked about the fact that, uh, that you know, oftentimes the BDC department may have a customer on step five. They come into the showroom. Now we're back at step one. You've got sales, and, and, and to me, the underlying message there is that the sales force or the sales managers quite frankly, don't have the faith or the trust that we're actually at step five or six would be my guess. Now, we also talked a few minutes ago, uh, John brought up the, the, the fact or weighed in on the fact that he said, absolutely, it's more difficult to land the appointment and 84% of the people that come into the store are going to buy. So your BDC or internet department is in theory, based on that, maybe more valuable. But yet the salespeople are the ones that get paid, get the glory. I mean, there is a dis- there, there's a big discrepancy going on in here with both of these departments. And I just wonder, is it a – Joe, we'll go to you, Joe Ingram. Where do you see – where are we going to – how are we going to fix this? And where is this uh, dealership model going to evolve to when it comes to the separation between sales and Internet? Go ahead, Joe. Okay, great. So, thanks so much. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with the last BDC I built over at a, at a large Toyota store. Um, what we did was we didn't separate BDC from sales, and that's what the the, the whole stigma before was. Um, BDC sets the appointment, and then they'll never meet the customer. And so I, I went back to what is the basics. If I'm going to set an appointment with you, and you're going to come in, I set the appointment for me as the BDC rep. So I go out, I meet the customer, I have the little printout from the CRM that has the appointment sheet with the information, and I'm handing it and doing a warm introduction to the salesperson that upped them. 
So now I've taken out all of that guesswork because the problem comes from salesperson doesn't believe you're, you're at where you're at or they think we've already given them numbers or they don't know what the numbers are. But when I send out this sales, the BDC person, and he says, hi, Mrs. Jones is here. We already talked about this Toyota Camry. This is the special they came in on. Here's your stock number. Here's this. We've already let the, the porters know the vehicle's brought up. Here's all the stuff you're going to need. Here's the person that's going to help you. And they do a warm transfer over. All of a sudden, you're at a 60 to 70% close ratio on these appointments that are coming in. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And it's about getting the, remember, authenticity is what the car business is known to not have. So when all of a sudden you put it into the process and, and nobody's hiding and there isn't anybody there, and even if it's not the same BDC rep, it's going to be, hey, you know what? Josh told me you were coming in. I'm Joe. Let me get you introduced to this person. He's going to help you. And all of a sudden we look transparent, and transparent is where we have to be nowadays because all the information and everything they want is out there already. Hmm. So they're just looking for someone to trust, and if I can bridge that gap and give that if you trust me enough to set an appointment, let me give you to the person I trust enough to sell you a car. Yeah, and I th- now we, we're working. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, um, I think that's a great point. This is John Nevins. Can I kind of piggyback what he just said? Sure, go yeah. ahead, John. So, Joe, thank you for being a visionary. Thank you for actually building a model that works. I will tell you that. You know, we talk to hundreds of dealers every week. We have 200 car dealers that we work their leads and set appointments for them. And there are a lot of different models out there. And I can tell you two that fail every time. The one that fails every time is when you have a BDC department working leads cradle to grave. Here's why that fails. Because then you leave your salesmen on the lot only with walk-ups and call-ups. Well, there aren't enough of them for those salesmen to survive. So guess what happens? They leave and they go somewhere else. That model never works. The model where you have a BDC department set appointments for the sales team, and then there's no interaction between the BDC rep and the customer after the phone call where they set the appointment, that doesn't work. There's a problem with that. The way Joe has built this model where the BDC rep sets the appointment, then there is interaction at the store with the BDC rep, with the salesperson and the customer. If you're going to have a BDC department at your store, that is the way to do it. Joe, kudos to you for doing that for your story because that's the model you want to follow. Thank you. And, and let me let me let me tell you what what happened was it was it was an internet department. And remember, as as we talked about earlier, nobody's getting in contact with these people. Josh brought it up that we got to get in contact with these people. Mm-hmm. Well, if NADA tells us you're over 30 days to get a customer to buy, we know there's going to be that 10 percent that'll buy right away. But how are we going to get the long term one? Waiting for them to reengage with us at the dealership and hope that a price at that time was right? No, we got to have somebody that follows up. Mm-hmm. And the BDC can follow up and bring them in and get to a contact point because guess what? 20 days down the road, they're going to call because the CRM told them to. Where a lot of times the sales department clicks the button and says complete on the to-do, and now we don't have anybody <laughs> making an actual phone call. So, how come when we check the CRM, it shows you made 10 calls, but you closed 50 to-dos? Right. And they want to pat on the back. And so it's about managing the expectation. And what I want them to do is understand we're all going to be held accountable for what has to be done. And we took a 12 person Internet department who every all 12 people got flipped back to the floor. They were closing at two percent. Okay, 1.76. They flipped back to the floor. They were not happy about it. But in 45 days, we were at 10.7 percent and climbing. And they had more traffic and more deals to work with six green P BDC people that all we did was build to put through the BDC genius program and say, come on guys at the other end, all we're doing is following up with customers, handling phone calls and making quality outbound calls and text. Good stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of the same beliefs. Yeah. There's a lot to, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unwrap here. Hang on, John, just a moment. I want to go back to Josh Mitchell and we'll get you back uh, in the conversation, John and Scott. And thanks for hanging in there, Jared. Uh, Let's go back to Josh Mitchell. You know, um, I don't want to take anything away from Joe, but that seems like an obvious, you know, kind of common sense model when it comes to the hybrid. If you're going to have a hybrid BDC, that's going to create handoff, the warm handoff, like Joe just described, Mm -hmm. seems to me the only logical answer. So let's go back to Josh and Josh, 
you know, of the hybrid internet departments that you've seen and worked with or been a part of, what would keep a dealer from not doing a warm handoff in a hybrid situation? Well, I mean, that goes to my situation at Paul Miller Motor Company. You know, I have, you know, I have three dealerships, in in reality, four dealerships because I have a a special finance department that has their own lot. You know, I have physical constraints now because, you know, we are actually a a centralized VDC that's not too far from the dealership, but far enough to where we can't meet customers. And so it creates that that issue that I have. I have space constraints with having, you know, four rooftops to, to manage. And so it's become an issue. Yes. And in all reality, it makes complete sense to have them inside the dealership and doing that warm handoff and, and that. But there are situations like the one I'm in and, and a lot of dealerships who have groups that are in that, that ha- don't have that ability. And it becomes you know, you, you're setting appointments for for managers. You're you're trying to have that that expectation level set with the customer that hey, you're going to be you're going to be meeting with the manager, which some people feel that is a a nice little touch, but that, that a manager is going to for some reason take better care of them. But you have to set that expectation level up a whole lot higher um, when you have a centralized BDC. Mm. And real yeah, quick- in a perfect world, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. And real quick, also, before we go to anybody else, Josh, just give me your thoughts on this. We also got another question from social media. Uh, Tony Washington, again, he says, what are your thoughts about after-hour communication with Internet leads or previous customers that we've talked to? Um, what are your thoughts on that? After-hour communication. Well, there's yeah. laws against some of that. So <laughs> there's always the, the things where, uh, you know, you can't call after a certain time. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, I feel that it needs to be done in the business hours that were open. Um, I don't think that, that allowing your BDC reps or, or sales reps uh, to have that interaction with the customer um, during after hours, because you never know what's going to be said or done, mm-hmm. uh, if it's not on a recorded line or anything like that. Um, and plus, you know, there are obviously employee laws that go against that. Yes, you know, we've had, you know, when I had the, the BDC at Cummins, we worked on Sundays and we're, and technically in the, the state of Kentucky, we were closed on Sundays. And so I still had BDC reps that worked from home uh, for three to four hours and answered leads and called and called customers who, who were fresh leads. And so it worked out pretty nice on that end. But it's, it's a wishy-washy way. I mean, you've got employee laws that, that run into there. They're not clocking in and out. Mm-hmm. They're not physically at the dealership. There's a lot of issues that go along with that that sure. uh, have to be looked at as an HR standpoint before you actually make that decision. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to go over to uh, Jared. Thanks for being so patient, Jared. Um, I'm going to pose a question, and then I'm going to uh, kind of take it back to Scott uh, Petricone for uh, his opinion as well. But, Jared, you're a salesperson. We talked earlier about you know what is more difficult to sell the car, to make the appointment. You actually said... I think it might be more difficult to make the appointment than actually sell the car. So my next question would be, Jared, and I want you to uh, to imagine that no one at your dealership is listening to this broadcast. <laughs> and, and I and I want to ask you, who should be paid more, or should there be a difference? Yeah, that's that's the ultimate question. I mean, right now, obviously, it's leaning towards salespeople, but with you know, we're we're in a change in the in the way that we do business. You know, it used to be salespeople did all the pulling and they got people in and they sold the cars. And now, obviously, that's changing. And now we've got the BDC, we've got salespeople, we've got all these different roles. So, as a dealership, you know, as as a salesperson, I would say, you know, we're the ones that maintain the relationship. Ultimately, you know, we're the we're seen as the face of the dealership, and we were the ones that sell the car, maintain the relationship, make sure that they come in and that they're satisfied with their service and their experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there's definitely a difference, but in terms of selling cars and moving metal, the BDC has definitely grown in a role. And I mean, as far as getting paid more, <laughs> that's. That's definitely one subject to consider because now the industry is changing. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the internet, and as 
earlier mentioned, there's not as many people coming through the doors, not as many people walking in anymore. So mm-hmm. even salespeople now, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm in sales officers now and, and the whole group is about how do you generate leads on your own when you've got eight hours of dead time at the dealership, you're going to create videos or do something unique to bring people in mm-hmm. on your own. So I feel as a salesperson, you can't just rely on walk-in traffic or wait for the BDC to bring you leads. You've got to be your own business within a business, yeah. and you need to think of creative ways to draw people to you. The business you can't wait anymore for four people to come in. Right. It just doesn't happen anymore. So I feel if if the salesperson does its job and is really thinking of this as a career and a business and is trying to maximize every single bucket that you can pull from to try and get people into your dealership. Still, people definitely still have a huge role to play, but there's no doubt that the BDC well, is growing. Well, Jared, Jared, I, I appreciate you uh, bringing some value back to uh, your role as a salesperson because I was going to try to lock you into taking a pay cut. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to. Let's go to Scott. Let's go to Scott Petricone. And Scott, I'd like your opinion on that. You know, we, John mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we posed the question. I mean, look, there's no doubt that there's huge value in the person who gets someone in the door. And statistically, just like we talked about, you know, uh, more than likely they're going to buy the car there and, and you are the catalyst for that. So being that that's the case, what's this discrepancy in pay and is it an issue and what's it going to look like? Scott, you with us? We'll pose the question to John. John, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. You know what, guys, really, I think that it really comes down to, like, we're kind of asking the question as um, a definitive answer, right? Like, who should make more? Who should get paid for the sale? And who shouldn't get paid for the sale? Why not a compromise? Why, maybe, maybe the answer is a more equal split, and I'm not saying it's 50-50, but maybe it's the sales team 70% and the BDC rep 30. You know, why can't there be a revenue sharing mechanism where both parties benefit? Look, they both did a great job. The BDC rep did a great job following up. He got the person to come in. He took great notes on the conversation. He fed the notes to the salesperson, so it, it, it made their job easier in terms of closing the deal. The salesperson did the test drive, knew the vehicle inside now, transitioned the customer to the F&I department. So really, it was a team effort. So maybe the answer is, let's share the revenue in some respects. Yeah, let's go, let's go to Josh Mitchell on that. What do you think? We'll go back to Josh and get his opinion. Yeah, Josh, what do you think? You know, I think it's, you know, and, and I'm going to bring up a sore subject, and, and I know we've talked about, That's all right. you know, growth is, you know, dwindling. Um, and, you know, there are dealerships out there that are making $2,500 a copy. There are. But they're, they're few and far between. And so when you're looking at, at a salesman's pay and, and how we recruit salespeople, you, you recruit them with this, this ridiculous ad on Indeed that says they can make $100,000 a year and they can do this and they can do that. And the reality is, is that the average salesperson makes about forty grand a year, and so you know you've already screwed it up on their pay plan at the get go because the, the the dream of making six figures and high six figures um, has dwindled because growth has dwindled, and so when you run into that issue, I think you have to look at uh, that piece first, and then you have to understand that we have to have a fundamental change in the way that we pay our salespeople, anyways going forward because it, it will continue to you know to get a smaller smaller margin and we, we obviously make it up on the back end on a lot of different dealerships but the fact of the matter is is their their pay plan is so outdated that it needs to be revised and and mm-hmm. i think that that's the big step that we have to take as, a, as an industry is that we need to look at this because you can have the greatest pay plan and pay them 35 percent of gross but if there's no gross, then you paid them nothing. Right. And so I think that's right. a bigger issue that a lot of dealerships are running into and that the BDC is actually, in some cases, getting paid more. And, and that's, you know, the thing that, you know, when I set up a BDC pay plan, I'm looking to make 
them good money. I want to keep people for a long time, and I want it to be a lucrative position for them. And so I probably have a pretty healthy pay plan for my BDC because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. And the bigger thing to look at is, you know, I had a, a gentleman, not going to name me, that, that sent me a message yesterday on Facebook that said, hey, what are your thoughts on BDC director pay and how it should be correlated with, like, how much a sales, or sales manager makes? Because I'm looking at mine, and I'm making not even close to what a sales manager makes. And that's a huge discrepancy, too, when you're looking at BDC directors across the country that could be you know, dealing with a, a high-volume dealership that are one of the lowest paid managers who has, but has his hands in everything, but yeah. yet is one of the lowest paid managers in the dealership. Yeah, I think that's, uh, wow. th- th- yeah, those are great points. I want to go to Joe Ingram and get your, your take because you obviously ran a very successful um, internet department at a Toyota store. We talked about earlier, the question may not be who should make more, but um, one question would be, it, number one, is there an imbalance? And then probably more importantly, an, another question that I kind of thought of was, you know, I think that as an Internet uh, manager or BDC director, if you're going to maybe take over the Internet department or, or approach, uh, you know, a GM or an owner for an opportunity, I think... I personally think that you should have the confidence to be able to go in and also have some ideas and input as to how you want that pay plan to look and make it very sexy for both of you. Uh, you know, the, the person who's, who's looking for that opportunity as well as the dealer. So maybe Joe speak to that. Is there an imbalance in pay structure between internet and sales? And then, um, and then if you'll be so kind to maybe give advice to someone who's looking to maybe, uh, take over an internet department or look at a dealership opportunity that's been advertised and how much how much input should they have when it comes to setting up a pay plan instead of just looking at it as okay thank you for the job go ahead Joe. fantastic thank you um it, touching base on the the overall inequality and who should make more in a dealership um i'll tell you i've been in the business 18 years i've ran dealerships i've done it all now i just build bdcs and train internet departments but when I look at it and I say, my BDC rep, I, I want that to be a stepping stone. I'm not truly looking for lifers. And I want that to be a stepping stone into my sales department. So they're already certified on product knowledge and going through. So there has to be an incentive for them to want to go into my sales department because the hardest thing we're finding nowadays is to find a salesperson. Even if we title them product specialists and tell them just walk through the process, it's really hard to find people of that caliber that can face-to-face talk to somebody and do a right product demonstration and go through. So I always want my BDC to know that they can make more money on the sales floor taking the great habits that they've learned in the BDC. Customer service people across the nation, the average is $2,500 a month. Sales people is 3000 average. Why? Just because you picked a title of sales, so it's better. And so that's what I want them to do. So I need them to be a proving ground, come in, take somebody at entry level and push them through. When it comes to dealerships and looking at a manager's pay, I believe the internet director or the internet manager who is going to actually sell the car and bring the customer in and do all the correspondence, that individual needs to be compensated because they're basically an, an, an internal department themselves. So they should be very similar to a actual sales manager's plan because if they're not, What happens is my internet guy gets bonused, and I've seen this too many times, bonused for units regardless of gross, go back a hold back, who cares, blah, blah, blah. And now the sales department goes, I'm paid off of gross, and this guy is giving everything away, and now I hate my internet department, and I don't want to be attached to them in any way because at minus three grand on every deal, I've got to sell five, six, seven cars just to make up for the one he pushed out. But a manager should be able to go, and I mean, Josh is a great resource. I am. I'm sure John can, too. Um, mm-hmm. Go out there and say, here, here's an ideal BDC director or an Internet director pay plan. I help people all the time to walk in intelligently to go in based on the volume of a store and how much work that you're going to put together. Mm. But you're looking at sales manager quality as a BDC director. You should be compensated very similar to a sales manager so we're all in the same gig together and now everybody works together in a team 
Yeah, all great. You know, all great take by the panel. It just yeah. goes to show you, though, because there are differences here in, in kind of the way we're viewing it in perspective. And, and there's there maybe not a, a line in the sand. But uh, let's read a couple of comments real quick. By the way, thank you for hopping in. Zach Dunn, Terrell yes. Hopkins, Chad Morgan, uh, Kevin Cox, uh, Ryan, Ryan Shepard. Um, and by the way, Frank Lopes. Frank Lopes says that the Internet Department or the BDC is the most underpaid in the store. All caps. All caps, right? We got Tito, of course. We've read some comments from him. We've got Natalie Bruce, uh, and and they keep coming in to the to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna kind of go around and wrap it up. We're running out of time. I can't thank all of you enough for being on the panel. So what I want to do is kind of start with Josh. And then, uh, Mikey, you'll have uh, our next guest kind of close out. But mm-hmm. if you could, gentlemen, just maybe uh, literally like one minute of a kind of a closing comment. And, um, and obviously, if you're a, uh, a company that helps dealers like several of you are, uh, go ahead and give out your contact information if dealers want to reach out to you. But go ahead, uh, Josh Mitchell, closing comments on today's topic. You know, when you're looking at, at, at the BDC pay plan and the manager's pay plan, you really need to look at, at, at the overall picture and the end goal that you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to keep people, if you're wanting to grow your business and make sure it's a healthy pay plan, or you're going to have a BDC director that's going to bounce and, and go to a different dealership because they're willing to pay him, you're going to start losing out great people. And so work it out and get, it, get a pay plan that's healthy and get a pay plan that's going to work. Um, obviously, if anybody has any questions, reach out to me. Uh, my email is autodisruptor at gmail.com, and my cell phone number is 859-421-9377. I'm more than willing to talk to anybody, give any information that I have. I'm a open book, and obviously I have my podcast and my YouTube channel. If you want to find that, it's Auto Disruptor. You can find it on anything. Love it. Yeah, definitely check out Josh Mitchell's podcast. Appreciate you. Um, He's always so great with wanting to help everybody out, just like everybody else on the show today. I want to go to the next guest for closing comments, Joe Ingram. Your thoughts? Thanks so much, guys. So um, if you want to reach out and find me, of course, IngramInteractive.com is a great way to reach me, as well as TheBDCGenius.com. So both of them will get you to me, cell phone 562 Two five four eight five two six. We do handle all across the nation. We're here to do it. I just want you to understand. Let's put the people in the seat with their with what their personality and their skill set match. Hmm. A salesperson comes in in the beginning of the month. You say, "How much money are you going to make?" And they go, "I don't know, but I'm excited." Okay, so that's not a person who's going to do thirty days worth of follow up. <laughs> so that's a salesperson. That's, that's, okay? good. that's, a, that's a good point. Somebody who goes, you know what? I like to come in. I don't want to really talk to people, and I'd rather just sit down and dial the phone all day. Great. You're a BDC person. Get in there, set appointments. You pair the two of them up, and you got to win. Uh, okay? think, but when you switch them, boy, are you killing yourself in a department, and all we're going to do is go through managers left and right saying they're incompetent, and it's all because we put the owner's brother-in-law in a position. Ah, great, great, com- great comments, Joe. Great comments, Joe. Thank you so much. Let's, uh, let's go to. Uh, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to John Bevins, the CEO at BDC Bannets. Love the name, by the way. BDC Bannets is a cool name. But uh, closing comments, John. First of all, thanks a lot for having us. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, John Bevins, BDC Bandits. You can get us at bdcbandits.com. You can email us bdcbandits at bdcbandits.com. Or reach out to Scott Petricone, our VP of Sales, 888-365-2735. Guys, our belief is that it's about technology. It's not so much about the people. Take the decision-making away from the people. Don't rely on them to follow up. We don't do that. Our technology uses algorithms to drive the leads. We call, text, and email for 30 days. We make 52 contact attempts between calling, texting, and emailing to every one of your leads over 30 days. But the brilliance in our system is that the leads are pushed and served up to our reps. The texts are pushed out. The emails are pushed out mm. at different times of the day on different days of the week. So we're not trying your leads at the same time every day. We're trying them early morning, late morning, afternoon, evening, Saturdays. And the, and the reps don't decide who to call next. Let the software decide who's the most important lead to contact at this moment in time. Because we believe every lead is a good lead. We don't look at leads and go, oh, that's a true car lead. Ah, they go to five different dealers. We're not going to call them more than two times. We work every lead the same. So 
So we schedule the appointments for your team. We hot transfer customers directly to your sales team. We put all the notes and set all the appointments in your CRM. There, there's a good way to do this, and our technology is absolutely something that can help your store. So Thank thanks you, for the time today. I really enjoyed it. You guys have a great show. Uh, Joe Ingram, I love your stuff. John, great comments. Again, thanks again, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. You're Thank amazing. You. <laughs> All right, final. Jer- Jared, uh, Jared Gippy, give us your thoughts and your closing remarks. Hey, well, just first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on the show, yeah. and uh, I've been watching for quite a while. There's just some amazing panel here and some amazing ideas, and I think you know our conversations just really go to show the the challenges that we have in the future. With this, you know, the industry is changing at a rapid pace, and as salespeople and as BDC, you know, we both have to change. We can't we can't stay the same. You know, if we have some ideas, we all have to be leaders within our dealership or as trainers or managers. We all need to lead our dealership and and try and change to the benefit of the customer. So I believe, you know, you're going to see a huge change in the way that salespeople do things. You can't be a salesperson anymore, as you mentioned, and just wait for up. It's not going to work anymore, and you can't be a BDC and do the same things that have been done for so many years. So there's a lot of great changes that are happening to the benefit of our industry and our and our uh, customers. So uh, feel free to reach out to me at any time. And best way to get a hold of me is just message me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the Sales Hustlers group looking to add value to anyone that needs help. So if you ever need it, reach out to me. And thank you so much. Thank you, Jared. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all for being on the panel today. Uh, we appreciate you being here. It's really good. Very good energy. Everybody's very positive. I like that. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a great. It was a great panel. Great group. Great discussion. There were there were a few topics I thought we were going to get into. We didn't even get to go <laughs> there because you know the conversation uh, wound up uh, elsewhere. Wound up working well. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We want to say real quick. Look, we you have the opportunity to share and like the show to grab a couple of amazing books by David Villa. He just released Grind. Mm-hmm. It's a little pocket size, easy read, yeah. quick. It's nice. I, yeah. Get ready. It's a new day. Get ready. It's a new day. So we're going to announce the winners on that, Lou. We've got that one, and we've got Dave's amazing book, Lead or Be Lunch. Both of these, by the way, I believe are available on Amazon now, right? I know Lead or Be Lunch is. Yeah. We'll be uh, messaging the winners and sending them right in there. Okay. So we'll message those of you who uh, entered to win. We're going to uh, give a few of these away. Lou's going to reach out our producer, uh, T. Also, we'll reach out our uh, marketing uh, uh, guru here at IPD and the marketing manager can't say enough about Mr. Mikey Akendo stepping up as a yeah. co-host of the show, brother. It's fun. It was a good, good hot show. Hot water. And I put you in the hot water, didn't I? <laughs> the hot water, the hot seat. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so, whatever. Hey. But yeah, it's a good show. A good past couple of weeks. And, uh, Dave, but Dave will be back next yeah. week. So that'll be good. And we it's appreciate it. cool though to come in here and do it this, is. isn't it? When it you, is. Especially when you're, when you're not doing it every week and just step in the seat and go, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Car Dealer, let's rock. Yeah, you see behind the scenes, you see Lou over there smacking gum. That that He aggressively chews his gum. He's from Jersey. Aggressively. 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 It's ridiculous. Hey, but, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, it's man. great. I appreciate everybody uh, commenting today. Thank you. Thank, ev- thank everybody who shared the show, all the viewers. We appreciate you. Uh, and and it was it was a blast. So. Absolutely, yeah. we'll look forward to having uh, Mikey. Great job. We'll look yeah. forward to yeah. having uh, Dave Villa back next week. That's right. Um, and uh, we'll see what the topic's going to be next week. Hey, I think we're going to gear up for something special. Got, got some good we guests got too. I think we got some good guests for next week, and yeah. we have a topic. Oh, there we go. That's right. What, what's our topic? Those are the I'm two things you need, right? I'm not the topic. Tell me the topic. No, no, no. Because no, it might be different than what I'm thinking. But if it's what I'm thinking, just gear up. Go ahead and let them know what the topic next week is. A little, a little snippet. A little snippet. All right, all right. Oh, oh. We're gonna touch on, to, not to give too much away, right? Right. But we're gonna touch on a little bit about. Hey, look, the BDC managers just told us to give all the information out. That's true. Give he it. did. Josh Mitchell said that, and he would be really because they're shopping right now. They're yeah. shopping, man. Right. That's what he said. They're and shopping. He, <laughs> they're looking at another show, going, man. Hey, they wouldn't tell us where they're gonna be on next week. We're so going we're just elsewhere. Gonna... This is ridiculous. We're done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's, what? Give us a little hint. So we're touching on a topic we've touched on, but in a different angle, right? It, we, we've talked about. Carvana a few times. But okay, some yep. news came out, right? Some, Ooh, some news about... Let's leave it right there. That's it. 
some news. Well, we just came talked out. about giving okay, everything away. Okay, never mind. Let's no. go. Let's go a little more. I now don't know. You, first you made me feel bad about not giving it away. <laughs> I cut you off. And then you did the bait and switch. I'm like, ah, just kidding. Don't do it. Don't tell them. Well, one of our guests said the bait and switch works, right? Uh, did they? No, I mean, they might have said the We're opposite. We're going to have to go back on that subject. They might have said the opposite. But hey, okay. uh, make sure you tune in next week. Um, yeah, it's something to do with Carvana, but it's a little larger than that. Yeah. So make sure you tune in next week. It's going to be a great topic. There might even be a surprise in-studio guest sitting here with Dave and I. And if we land that deal, woo, baby. Just maybe. Uh, just maybe. Yeah, just maybe. So tune in next week. Hey, we'll see you uh, on Auto Dealer Live. Thanks so much.